Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the outlaw, Kenny D. And this is the next episode of Let's Talk Law Enforcement. And I appreciate you guys tuning in. And like I said from the beginning, if I get one listener to 100 to 1,000, I'm pretty happy. So this episode is going to be based on post-traumatic stress disorder, the aftermath of police-involved shootings, and what actually happens and what they don't tell you in the media and what your department may or may not do to you depending on sometimes the politics, the climate, and then sometimes based on uh, you, you have a poor supervisor who doesn't investigate or you have IED who does a half-assed job. I'll get to that later. Or you have a state or so U.S. attorney who's ever investigating maybe your shooting or assigned to him who decides to drag their ass and, you know, take their time. So let me start by saying I've been involved in a couple shootings. Unfortunately, um, one where, you know, teenager was killed on a robbery. And briefly, what I what I remember is like yesterday, but I remember when I pulled the trigger and it goes into what we call matrix time, right? Everything stands still except that bullet. And people don't understand when you go, yeah, it's the matrix, right? Because I actually saw the bullet. Well, people don't believe you. But it's true. Like you actually in slow motion state and everything is heightened. So, you know, unfortunately, when I shot this young man, um, he died. And I remember standing there, my gun in my hand and crowd came out and people were yelling and screaming. And, you know, I'm like in a state of shock, which I was. And I remember a. uh it was a squad member at that time. He came up and he grabbed my gun from me because I was just standing there. And a young man's father somehow came on the scene within that small amount of time. He starts swinging on me, hitting me or whatever. I, I felt nothing. I'm just standing there. So victim's son's hitting on me. I'm sorry, victim's father's hitting on me. And I'm just standing there, right? And let me equate that and reverse that and say suspect, right? Because we've gotten so soft, we switch everything to victim now. Now, he was a suspect. He was a robbery suspect. So let me let me clean that up, all right? Because we're not going to do the soft politics and afraid to hurt somebody's feelings on this podcast. So anyway, you know, he, his dad's hitting on me and I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm not even feeling it because I'm kind of like, you know, lost in space, right? All I know is a squad mate took my weapon from me and they put me in a car and uh, I was hustled down to homicide, Baltimore City homicide, where I had to wait for, you know, the legal attorney and then give a statement and what happened and all that. Okay, so normally that's what happens in most shootings. But what they don't tell you is most of the time, if it's a good shooting, you, you're cleared in days, right? Uh, whoever's assigned to it, maybe it's a fit team, we call it force investigation, or you have um, internal affairs, 
They may have a force investigation team or whatever your department, how they have it set up. But anyway, they'll they'll interview people. They'll do what they're supposed to do. And they'll check and see if anything was done administratively wrong. Like they check how many bullets you have, how many bullets you fired, you know, where the rounds hit. All things they're supposed to do. I got no problem with that. They check the body camera, right? Fine. Got no problem with that. Most police don't. The issues and the issue I had is once it's over, nobody tells you, and I mean over after that day or two, nobody tells you what you're about to deal with. Nobody tells you you wake up sweating and running around the room and having nightmares. Uh, you destroy relationships. You're angry. You're evil. You're upset. You hate the world. Nobody tells you how to deal with that. So most departments say, okay, we're going to send you to the psychiatrist. We're going to send you to, you know, departmental strength. Well, the problem with that is the first couple things they ask you, do you want to commit suicide or harm yourself? Like that's the only two questions that they're concerned about. Right? Because if you're feeling a certain way, they're not tell the department because regardless of what they say, your gun and badge is gone, right? Because if it's a clean shooting, normally you get your gun, you get another gun that day, right after the incident. But you still have to go to these, I call them court-ordered uh, psychiatrists that the department has. So you go and you're sitting there, you're talking to, uh, I remember my case, it was talking to like an 80 year old white woman. And in the other case, it was like a 90 year old black man. Right. So I'm trying to figure out how can they relate to anything that's going on with me? So they asked me the typical questions and you're like, okay, no, I don't harm myself. No, I'm good. Right. Because you're lying. You're, you're lying to them because you don't want your badge and gun taken, right? You, you don't you don't want that stigma of somebody saying, oh my God, he's crazy, you know, putting your folder. Because even though they say everything is confidential, it's nothing confidential when it comes to your department, when it comes to use of force. Nothing. Okay, so you're sitting there trying to figure out the, the, the balancing act of do I say I'm hurting or do I just keep it quiet? So I get in my, in my case, first time I kept it quiet, right? I'm just, yeah, I hurt on my own. I suffer in silence. So I go home. I can't sleep. I'm hyper vigilant. The whole nine yards, right? Every day you're waiting for your case to be, you know, uh, further investigated. In my case, I went before the grand jury. I testified. But all this, you're just waiting and waiting. So while you're waiting, your mind starts playing tricks on you. And you're thinking, uh, what if I did this? Or what if I did this wrong? Right? Nobody really checks on you. A, a few guys, you, you know, your some of your squad members will call and check on you. That's fine. But for the most part, after the department, after the department, the first day or two, 
the department really doesn't give a fuck. It may be a few individuals that do, but the department really doesn't give a fuck, right? Because their whole purpose in this now is to make sure they're not liable. Or if you did something minor, to make sure you're held accountable. Now, when I say minor, I'm talking about some administrative thing, something small. Uh, you were supposed to have, you know, 17 and one in the chamber. Well, you didn't. You had 16 and one. Well, you're going to get hemmed up for that. And that's fine because you're supposed to be a professional officer and um, ready and fit for duty. I got no problem with that. But I know in one case, I, in my D.C. shooting, the officer that shot with me, he dropped his ass and like it was probably like 10 inches of snow. As we going in to engage this guy on PCP and he tells the department, right? He couldn't find his ass after that shooting. Well, the department wrote him up for that administratively cleared. Good shoot. But he got buying for dropping his ass in the snow in like 10, 11 inches of snow that day. So there's really no gray area. You're going to get banged up for that. And he was honest about it. And he still got banged up. Now, the commander at that time looked out for him. was like, okay, this is ridiculous. We're going to take it out your folder in 30 days. Okay. But still, fast forward. Most of the time, you're put on ice. And what the public doesn't understand is they go by what the media says. Right? Because all you hear is a statement from the media of, Officer was placed on administrative duty pending an investigation. And that's it. Well, they don't truly know that you have to give statements. Your statements better be correct and jive and truthful. You got to talk to the U.S. attorney. You got to talk to a state's attorney. You have to talk to numerous people. To the point where it, it almost you almost challenge yourself and go, damn, like, did I I know I did the right thing, but did I do the right thing? Right? Because you're trained to do your job correctly. And if you do it, you expect the department to support you. You expect the people above you and grade to support you. You expect the states and U.S. attorneys to kind of have an understanding of what happened and what you went through at that moment or moments. Well, the problem is they don't. For the most part, they don't. They just don't. Everybody's looking to hang somebody out to dry instead of let me put myself in that situation or that place. That's why I'm always an advocate for taking administrative people to a shoot, no shoot course, um, taking the, you know, the legal admin people, the internal affairs people, the people that normally just sit on their ass all day, all week, holidays off. Let's get a refresher course. Let's go down to like, I know DC tactical village. Okay. Let's shoot. No shoot. Let's put you in these scenarios and see how you do. Let's do it. 
because only then do you kind of have a sense of man i got two seconds three seconds four seconds to do the right thing and if i don't do it i'm judged the rest of my life i could lose everything that i have and i could be criminally charged yeah this is this is the career that you chose you get that we understand that but also with that you expect fairness and fair play and again most of the public believes that it's like an episode of bad boys or you know csic or csis miami whatever it is and you just go and shoot three and four people a day a clip and you get up and you walk away and you go home no paperwork no nothing no statements you just walk away yeah cap i had a bad day i shot his ass okay all right have a good day right and then you go into a liquor store you go home or you go to a bar after you just shot three people and you sitting there while mary j blige plays in the background folks it does not happen that way it does not happen that way your life will never be the same again once you pull that trigger ever be the same again and trust me you are being scrutinized for everything that happened during that shooting from your stance to you did you take cover did you find proper cover and concealment could you had backed up could you had retreated everything trust me the department is looking to find a way to as we call we used to call it bake your cake or jam you up because there are some in administrative duties and areas of the police department they enjoy shit like that I'm gonna be honest. Not that you did anything wrong. It it, it it becomes a power thing of, okay, I'm looking at the office, officer's BWC. He was in a shooting. The bad guy shot at him. He shot the bad guy. But wait, could he have retreated? Uh, could he have used the car door as a shield? Could he have yelled to the suspect? four more times to put the gun down and all these things are conspiring to make officers hesitant much more hesitant on interacting with anything that goes on out there today anything there's an officer and i, I i'm not going to use a name right because it's still ongoing good officer not that many uh years on right but the district that they work in my god basically you can add five years to the years that she got on just with the stress level alone but anyway involved in a shooting fires back and basically it, it's a it's clear there's a good shooting right Two or three days later, see, you know, because you, you have to give a statement on scene because you can't leave scene. You can't leave the scene 
of a shooting now. You have to stay on scene and give your statement, right? So just, just I'm going to hypothetically say this. This officer gives a statement. Everything's good. You did your job. This guy came out there with a gun, shooting at people, shooting down the street. You returned fire. You struck the victim. Yeah, I said victim, right? Because that's what they become all of a sudden. Well, how, how do they become a victim? Because... They initiated what they did. Well, it's easy. I know what DC, basically, every criminal is a victim, pretty much. I'm going to be real about it. DC crime is out of control. Um, I, I don't think they want to take the hard steps of implementing what needs to be done with the police department. So it's basically, you know what, let's be honest. As long as downtown, upper northwest is okay, kind of okay. Okay, we good. We know where the murders, 80-90% of the murders happen. So, okay, whatever. But see, last week, there was an active shooter way up in northwest D.C. I think shook everyone to the core up there. So now those same people, you know, city council members deploring the police, hate the police, don't need the police. It shook them to the core because these type of things are not supposed to happen up in upper Northwest D.C. Well, it did. So now everybody up there is traumatized. They took days off from work, days off from school, the whole nine yards. And, I, and I, I'm not belittling them themselves, but this one incident stirred up that whole side of town, right? But okay. But back to this shooting episode. Good shooting by all accounts. Officer goes home. You know, you got to deal with that. Okay, hey, I just shot somebody, whether they died or not, right? Again, I told you, never be the same when you pull that trigger. Well, somewhere between that and a couple days down the road past, somebody decided, and I'll say somebody, I'll say somebody in administrative side of this, decided that, no, uh, uh, nah, they could have did this better. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and take a gun and badge and sit on the sidelines for a while. Oh, okay. Now just imagine how that officer feels. You did everything you trained to do. You engage with a person on the street with a gun shooting down the street. You did everything you were supposed to do. And your department kind of looks at you and go, mm, uh, mm. all right, well, we think you probably could have did this, that, or whatever better. Now, this particular case, this particular officer, everything I know about it, they're going to be fine but they are really upset and I totally get it because you did everything you trained to do, how are you supposed to do it? And you still get smacked by the department. And this is what I mean by the media does not tell you this, right? 
their soundbite is the officer was placed on administrative leave with or without pay. Right. And to them, that's it. We good. As long as they got out there that the officer was placed on some kind of administrative leave. Now, we know that's that's a natural thing. Right. That occurs anytime an officer is involved in a shooting. You are going to be placed on administrative leave. But the thing is, they never tell you what really happens after the shooting occurred. How that officer is never the same again. Again, I'm only defending good shootings and I'm defending good officers. All right, because I'll never get on this podcast and go, oh, well, eh, I'm defending this bad officer because he did this. Not nah, wrong is wrong. I'm not going to do that. But again, this podcast is set up to kind of reveal the truth of what really happens in law enforcement and not was created out there to kind of carry the narrative that, oh, my God, all officers are bad. They just ready to kill. They're ready to shoot. Listen, I've never been the same again. Those shootings cost me relationships. Those shootings cost me peace of mind. Those shootings cost me probably 15 years of my life because my first shooting I was in my 20s and I was out there getting guns drugs heroin off the streets in Baltimore you know we just we just out there doing it we're getting guns we did we doing it all and I got into that shooting I was never the same again because once you again once you kill someone once you pull that trigger you're never the same again Okay, so I just really want officers to know and anybody who cares to tune into this episode, don't feed into what the media tells you. Do your research. And then when you look into a lot of use of force uh, episodes that have occurred over the past 10, 15 years that were really high profile, you will see why the officer was cleared, why the officer wasn't cleared, why the officer um, testified, didn't testify, why the officer was arrested, but then cleared. You'll see. Just do the research. Just don't fall into what the media tells, tells you. Because it's much more than that. Much more than that. So, any of you guys has ever been involved in a shooting, reach out to me. I like to hear your story. I'd like you to come on a podcast because like I said, we are building this and it's only going to get better and better. I have two sponsors now and I appreciate that. They don't want me to drop their names yet. So, okay, that's cool. But I'm building something that I think will benefit not only the police, but the average citizen who wants knowledge and the truth and again not just what's being filtered out to you through programming and programming and news programming by a 25 year old news programming editor who's never been in a fight right so again guys i thank you for tuning in i thank you for listening and if you have any questions you want to be a guest reach out also got to thank my sergeant from APD, we had a talk. Um, 
I probably can say his name. Delroy Burton. Appreciate that. Um, what you added to the show, what you add to the legal expertise of it. I appreciate that. So you guys, the next episode will be dropping next weekend. Um, any topics you want me to go over, hit me up. Let me know. But like I said, we're going to build this together and feel free to reach out. You guys have a wonderful afternoon and thank you for tuning in.